podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And today's guest, we've got the magical Andy McLaren. Andy, how are we, brother? Very well, James. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for being on here, mate. Yeah, Obviously, ex-footballer. Yeah. Bit of a roller coaster. Um, but to compared to some people, man, people look at your career as a success. Won the Scottish Cup with the United. Yeah. Um, Scotland caps. Scotland under 16 World Cup final. Yeah. Scored a penalty, I think, the only guy to score. What is it? Well, there's so many three years, I think, <laughs> scored a penalty in the World Cup final at Scottish. So, um, <laughs> aye, it was a good start of the career. The, the rest of it, I just remember, I just remember hanging my boots up but after that. I didn't hold all the way, wasn't it? So, Castlemock, boy. Yeah. Right, go back to the start, mate. So, growing up in Castlemock, how was that? Aye, it was, it was an experience. No, I loved it. Listen, I loved it. Um, it was always plenty of day. Um, as I said, there was... Loads of football pitches around about Casmo, and so um, most of my most of my time um, as a young guy was spent playing football. Um, as I said, it's it's got a reputation, uh, but listen, it's like anything. If you're fair to place and you know everybody, it's, it was fine, you know. Because I could play football, the boys kind of looked after me, uh, the older boys and stuff. Um, but no, it was listen. There was there was plenty of ups and downs. Um, growing up there in the late seventies, early eighties, it was a it was a bit of mad twist, if I'm being honest. Um, so I say Thatcher had come in and, and kind of kicked the arse out of Glasgow, kicked the arse out of Scotland, but particularly Glasgow at the time, and um, a lot of poverty, a lot of, lot of unemployment, uh, and a lot of crime, but to me it was normal. Um, if that's what you're used to, that's what you're used to, you know, so, um, as I say, I fitted right in. Let me see, I've so, you know yourself, you grow up with the madness, it does, it becomes you, no, man. It, 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 it just becomes a norm, doesn't it, you know, I mean, you, 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 see, you see things that probably aren't, aren't normal, you know, but they become normalised because you see them that much, violence and, and, and things like that, alcohol and, and all that, so it, it just becomes a norm to you. Yeah. Um, that was, that, was, that was me growing up. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realise you had a, a talent or a gift that, right, fuck me, I've got something here? Because obviously, to get to a World Cup final with Scotland under-16s, playing at Hampden, and he's got beaten the final, but yeah. it was all the papers. Yeah. They had fucking beards, and yeah. I think they were probably... Aye, aye they, were, they were saying they were older. Aye, they were a lot older, definitely. Um, I, listen, it was... For a young age, listen, I probably wasn't different for any mace boys, you know, I wanted to be a... Everybody, he wanted to be a professional football player, but for a young age, I, I was, I knew it was good, you know. I always played a couple of, couple of year up. Um, my first team was the team for Castlemore, Clyde Boys Club. Uh, it was Mrs. Craig, Mr. Craig took them, um, and they were great people. They just wanted to get the brains at the boys off the street and give them something positive. Um, so, I see, I started playing about seven, like. Um, and organised football about seven before that I was always I was always kicking a ball but you know always you just everywhere I went I had a ball um, and that's what people don't see you know they think you just get to 16 and sign professional forms yeah. you know there's there's a lot of work is there before that you know to, to get to to get to the level where you're playing with Scotland you're getting picked for Scotland uh, under under 16s um, and that was what an experience that was who was um, the manager? Craig Brown was the manager um, and Ross Murphy, 
but that 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 full year, I mean, obviously they knew the World Cup was coming to Scotland, so they were putting a lot in it, um, a lot into the team. They wanted the team to be prepared and obviously no let the, the country down, you know. So um, that year, I mean, it was a big year school-wise for a lot of boys, not for me, um, but because a lot of them were sitting exams and stuff like that, you know. So we've maybe been Switzerland and... I mean, we were away all the time that year. We were um, we went to Switzerland and Denmark, and uh, we've got to tournaments, as I say. So we're just getting um, they were preparing us properly for for the World Cup. Um, and then when it started, wow, well, it was brilliant. You know, Pelly came for the opening ceremony. Did you meet him? Aye. So um, got to shake Pelly's hand. Um, and for a wee guy for Casmo, that was amazing. As I say, Casmo, Casmo was five minutes away for. Um, Hamden, and I think after the first game, I think I'm sure, pretty sure I get the bus up the road. You know, um, you're playing the World Cup, and then you're you're walking around and getting the getting the bus up the road. Um, but as I say, it was it was some experience. We we, we drew the first game and then get through the group stages and played Germany in the quarters up at Petodrum. We beat them one uh, 0 and then the semis was at uh, Tynecastle. It was like 30,000 there. Oh, that's brilliant. 30,000, 10,000 looked to it. They had, it was their golden generation. Portugal's golden generation. They had guys like Louis Figo, Ray Costa, all these guys that went on and had unbelievable careers. But we beat them 1 0. Um, and that was us into the final. Um, and again, the final was at Hamden. 60,000 people there. I still speak to people to this day that were, that were at that. Um, 1989. And um, as I say, we're 2 0 up. Two nothing up, uh, gone well, and then they were. I remember being in a tunnel looking up at these guys. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got a photo in my phone. I'll show you after this, James. But it's like ridiculous. You think if you're going to cheat, try and be a wee bit more subtle about it. You know what I mean? Big beards and all that. You know what you're like. I mean, I was maybe fifteen. I just turned sixteen actually. They pubed yet? No, I was, it was one of them ones, you know, you're still uh, got a wee bit shagging at the show. I mean, these guys, as I say, they were, they were, a, lot, they were a lot more mature than us. Um, and we were two nothing up, and then physically they were stronger than us. So back to two each, went to penalties. And I think I was the first one. I wasn't the first one out to take my penalty, but I was the first one that says, aye, I'll take one. Because um, as I say, that's... I'd practice for years, uh -huh. you know, and even as a wee guy, we used to get into Hamden during the summer and the, the, the gates would be open, so we would sneak in um, and we'd go in and run about a park and all that. Um, so I'd always, I'd always dreamed about playing at Hamden and um, and today that's 16 year old. And, um, I, I can't remember my man Dabber there. Um, and I looked up when it, when it went to penalties and I said, I'm taking the third one. And I've seen my mouth. I'm heeding her horns. Um, but as I say, that's, listen, you're playing the World Cup final. That's what playing football is all about for uh -huh. me, you know. They, they, big, they big moments, you know. Uh -huh. having, that's what you practice all the years for. That's what I did, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd took a million penalties before then, you know. Me and my brother used to go to the... Uh, out of school across years and we take penalties and it was always this is this is the World Cup final or this is the Scottish Cup final you know mm -hmm. you're a wee guy so um, as I say I've rehearsed that umpteen times and uh, I'm glad to see that scored put the keeper in the wrong line <laughs> um, and then after that was as I say it was back up the road to Cashmo me and um, back to reality me and um, that's a great story me and Gary Bowling um, 
boy, it was a boy for the day. He signed with the United at the time, but we were party. I said, so, so after it, we were, going to, we were going to a party. One of the boys um, stayed in Kirk and Tillock, McGeady, uh, the convo, um, and he was having a party that night. So I'm saying to Gary, Gary Bone, just come back to mine, we'll get changed, and then we'll, we'll head out to the party. So we've got up the road, all my family's in, so it's mad cast malt house, my grannies, my granddaughters, and all that. So they're all on the drink, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I've, so I've, we've had a couple of drinks, and I'm saying to Gary Bone, right, mum, we we'll need to go and get a carry out. So he's looking at me. So there's a pub in the corner, um, it's a reno, but it was, it was some pub, it was a mad house. Um, but I'm only 16 year old, so we're walking around, and he's like, ah, right, we'll get a carry out, and I'm saying, aye, aye. So I've just walked right into the pub. He's looking at me as if, what are you doing? Walked right in, woman in the office, she says, how, how you doing? She's like, oh, brilliant, Andy. She's like, you done well, you done brilliant today, son. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cheers, and I was like, he's a bottle of vodka and six cans, and Gary Bowen's like, is this the fucking real, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just playing under 16 World Cup, and you're up getting a carry-out. There was no, um, <laughs> there was no of this, um, getting asked for ID in the days, you know, so it was, um, Gary Bowen still goes on about that the next day, you know, but that was, that was the way it was, you know, mm. I mean, I was drinking, I started drinking at a young age, I was drinking about 12, 13, um, boys were about a wee bit older, so, as I say, I was, that's what everybody done, you know, it was a rite of passage, uh -huh. wasn't it, and then, I see people, I was, peer pressure, and I was never, nobody made me drink or do anything, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, I was, I was a willing participant for, for day one. Did anybody ever try and take you under the wing, but go, look man, get your fucking act together, you've got massive potential here, don't drink, it's a mugs game. Um, at that age, no, no really, no, um, as I say, it was, everybody drank, yeah, Every, well, I thought yeah. everybody I knew drank, mm. you know what I mean, it was, west of Scotland, didn't it, we all, you go to your parties with your family and your granny granddad, everybody's up smoking in the house, right. you would open the door, man, it's like a fucking steam right. train coming through, I mean, I used you know to, what I mean, I would go out at my granny's on a Saturday, and it used to be fucking a mad house, my granny, my two grannies stayed in Park Kid, and one of them, just, one of my grannies, my mum's my, my there was ten of them. There was five, five boys and five lasses. And seeing a Saturday, the dogs go there, and it was fucking, you know, it was brilliant. I love oh, it. But, but it was just, it was college because there were about thirty, forty bodies in the house, mm -hmm. and they'd all be drinking, and um, and that was that was the way it was, you know. Everybody, as I say, everybody I knew drank, and I mean, you've seen the problems it caused, but that was. Uh, it's it's just just as if it was accepted, that it was alright, it was a normal life to do that. That was the way it was, you know, I seen... All the brothers getting through at the house at 12 o'clock at night fighting. People fighting, <laughs> and they're all fighting each other, and the brothers <laughs> fighting, and that was... Listen, but that was... As I say, that's the way it was, that was... You know, that was the life I grew up Wake up in the morning, you get your wee rolls and sausages, uh -huh. get your papers, and... Used to go to my granny's, and she always had a big pot of soup. Always had a big pot of soup. So my granny stayed right across the park, so I remember even when I played, you know, obviously when I get into the first team at the night, I would go there, just walk across to and get a big plate of soup, you know, you never even go to a plate, you just did a big ladle, you know what I mean, and everybody piled <laughs> in, you know what I mean, it was just one of them, you know what I mean, it was, it was brilliant, but as I say, growing up, um, growing up in Cashmore, it was, you had to be a wee bit lively as well, and a wee bit streetwise, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, um, but as I say, I fitted right in it. But... Uh, you, you probably, would you change it, growing up no, there? No, nah. no, listen, that's... It made me well more, you know. Listen, give me a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I grew up with good, good people around about me. People that maybe drank drugs, maybe got a grip with them uh, later on in life, but they were good people, you know. And um, life wasn't, wasn't he maybe as kind to them as, mm -hmm. as other people, you know. And maybe end up with addictions or 
just maybe never t- a good start uh, in life. You know yourself, I mean? mate. It's easy to fall off the path ah. in, in these places. It's not that anybody's bad. It's not that I'm putting anybody no. down. You're just surrounded with it, so it becomes an yeah. arm and you think it's acceptable. Yeah. See me, he's played so... Did they ever get fucking buffed lines or anything that showed when there was a no a big conspiracy well, see, after the, that? The thing is, you're going out against a country, aren't you? Uh-huh. Because they've obviously got passports and all that. So they've been so, talked and that, so you think? It must have been, aye, it must have been. And... FIFA, they're not hardly going to go up against a country. You, yeah, you see it about like Nigerians and Cameroons and they play under 18s, but they're 24, yeah. 25. Yeah. That has come out in the past. Aye, but it's, I think there's something there, there's, a, there's something to do because there's been so many boys that's come out here from Nigeria and all that and telling you they're 15, 16 and they're no, they're 21, 22. <laughs> but how do you prove it? You know, I know. I mean, it's, it's only later on once you get to, they're met with 28, they're really 35. Can they run? You know what I mean? Aye. So... Uh, but there's, I think they do something. It's like a, a bone check or something, isn't it? They can, mm-hmm. they can do something. Check that shit. They can, they can. They can I, I think clubs do that now because I think they were getting stung a lot. Who was all the boys at Scotland, Andy, that you played with? Did any of them kick on their careers? Uh, well, big Brian O'Neill went into Celtic's first team, played in Germany, played in the Premier League. We Paul Dickoff. Um, oh, I mean, sorry, remember him? Um, Gary Bolan uh, played, went to Rangers. Myself, big Scott Marshall. Um, but there's loads of good boys, but for one reason or another, you know, I mean, it probably happens in every other country, you know what I mean? Because you get boys at 14, 15 who you would bet, bet your house on that they were going to be mm-hmm. football players, and then two or three years later, maybe they don't grow, or their attitude isn't right, or it can be any, any number of reasons. Injuries, you know what I mean? A lot, of, a couple of the boys that I played do get bad injuries. Um, boy, Tam McMullen, who's a great player. Um, he got he he done his knee by the convo with problems with his, his pelvis and all that. So it can be any any number of reasons, you know. Really? Some, some people just fall in love with the game as well, you know what I mean? It's because yeah. it's it's an intense, you know. It's um it's not easy to fall play because a lot of sacrifices uh, got to be made. <laughs> For some of them. <laughs> <laughs> what age did you sign for United? I signed when I was probably about thirteen. I think I signed when I was I was about twelve actually. Um Aye, I signed a, a schoolboy for. Remember about that time, was about, there was a lot of clubs right to sign me. Um, Rangers were right to sign me as well, but I went to a certain school. And at that time, allowed. Well, Rangers wanted to sign me, they were changing it all, but going to school in Castle, fucking try to outrun 500 people every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite, I was like, I've been going back. Um, so, no, listen, my dad was a big Rangers fan. So, listen, I did, I don't, I've never been caught up, no, no. Half of my family sell fans and all for Rangers, so I find that that's a part of Glasgow that I don't really like, you know, the, well, some of the... The fake the shit, the bullshit, all right. that crap, you know, because, well, listen, everybody gets on at the best of times, ain't it? And then you get one game, one game every couple of months and it's fucking carnage, you know what I mean? Everybody wants to kill each yeah. other. So when you won the Scottish Cup with the United, that must have been a massive day for you. Massive, aye, bro. As I say, that's... As a kid, that's what you... That's what you dream about then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For me as a kid anyway, Scottish Cup final was always a massive day. Back in the 80s, because there wasn't much football on the tail, mm-hmm. So Scottish Cup final, it was a big day, it was a big build-up. And, um, I remember sitting, you know, a day watching it, and, um, and then to get to playing it. And saying that, I was 20 year old, I probably didn't take take as much in uh, as I should have. I remember Maurice Malpass, who was a captain at the time, saying it before the game. And they take everything and no, you don't know when you were back here. Mm-hmm. I was 20 and I'm thinking, I'll be fucking playing these every year. You know what? Because that's what you like. It, 
no arrogant, but confident. You're, you're confident and you're, you know, I never go to play another one after it, you know. Um, I wish I had took it in, but as I say, when you're 20 year old, people try and give you advice, don't you? But you know everything at 20. Ah, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's nobody can tell you anything, you know, because you, I, I knew fucking everything and I knew nothing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I thought I, thought I knew everything. Um, and it's only now when you look back with a wee bit of experience and a wee older head and, mm-hmm. um, and, and you think, aye, he was right, he was right, you know. Uh, but, Hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? Were you drinking that then? Aye. Partying and that before Dundee United days? Have you ever pushed before a game? No, 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 no. I, had, I never, I wouldn't drink on a Friday night. Um, I mean, if some of the stories I've heard about me have made it be true, I would never have made it, I would mm-hmm. never have been on a photo party anyway, you know, I mean, taxi drivers are brilliant, aren't they, you know? <laughs> me and Charlie, I mean, some of the stories that have been told about us to, I mean, we wouldn't have no, so what's listen, the worst line you've heard? Like I've heard of, I've been crawling up cast milk driving a Friday night after a game and things like that. And, oh, that's pish, you know what I mean? I was down the knee, you know what I mean? And I never crawled anywhere, you know. I was handling that. I, I was taking other stuff to, so I wasn't crawling about, you know. So, I but as, as I say, I if, if I went up to Dundee United, I was partying. I was, I would be going out and I would come home on a Friday night or a Saturday, depending on the whether you were in the reserves or the first team or that. And at, at that point, 89, 90, the, the rave scene kind of exploded into Glasgow, didn't it? So, me and my pals were gone to it. My pals were fucking organising some of them and, and things like that. So, I would come home and my pals would be going out, what do you do, sitting in the house? I, that's what I should have done, but um, I wanted to get part of my pals and ecstasy, as I said, appeared by then, so... Yeah, I'd be taking that the weekend and then going up. It'd be Wednesday, Thursday before your heat's mm-hmm. normal again, you know, your heat's fucking puggled, you know what I mean? Uh, because you're partying all weekend and then you're, you you can't train properly. But as I say, I was always really naturally fit. So mm-hmm. I could get on a Monday morning, I could do the running, I could do the training. And, um, but as I say, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a professional. Uh, dedicated. I was dedicated, you know, because I... I mean, there was time that I, I can remember. I was maybe one of my teammates just then we were talking about it. At times that we'd been a party on a Saturday night, like you know, it's like a mad house party. Maybe you'd buy it after a nightclub, or if you'd been to a raven and, and you'd been in, in the house all night, and then I'd be training a Sunday morning. We used to drive up to Dundee. <laughs> no so slept. Be, no being to bed. Um, maybe two or three years had got. I carry out for the way doing and all that. It was just it was mental, you mm-hmm. know. But you were only getting in for like that alarm down. So you'd, you go up, you drive up with Dundee, you run in the park eight, nine times, and then you're going to get changed and then get back down the road. Um, but a number of occasions I've done that, but I never, no, never before a game. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a Thursday night, but never, never a night before a game. Um, do, like you f- that. Uh, do you think that was a, a loyalty towards your pals as well? But because you grew up with him and you kind of think, no, yourself, oh, he's forgot his ass, him, he's well, changed. Do you know what I mean? Aye, well, aye, but listen, I'm going to be honest, I fucking enjoyed it. Aye. See, at the start, I enjoyed getting out and getting drunk and, and having a laugh with my pals. And t- towards the end of my drink, there was no enjoyment. But when you're 16, 17, mm-hmm. you're a fucked up player, you've got a couple of quid in your pocket, your mates are your mates, you know what I mean? It's nobody. Listen, a few of them said to me, you shouldn't be doing it. A lot of them said to me, oh, I wish if I was you, I wouldn't be doing that. But it's all down to you, isn't it? Well, I nobody was forcing it down me, nobody was forcing drink into me or whatever, you know what I mean? I was I was listen, there was there was reasons why I drank as well, you know. My dad died when I was sixteen and um 
and stuff happened to me as a kid and my own son was born when I was 17, so I had a lot going on, you know, and she ran about that time. I should have probably went and get a bit of professional help, went and spoke to a psychologist. But in the days, you grow up in the west of Scotland, and I was brought up not to show my feelings and my emotions. Yeah, so that's the way you can talk, you know what I mean? Tell nobody nothing, and you know what I mean? And deal with your own problems, you know, don't don't t- don't tell anybody. So, I mean, my dad died and I was back at training, I think about, about a week later, a week and a half later, and... It was that kind of environment. You never went in and somebody says, listen, if you're struggling or that, it was just, right, that's who you're back in. It was no, mm-hmm. there was nothing like that, you know, there was no support network. There was, there was nobody to talk to you about it. No, I mean, I'd, I don't know if I'd have spoke to anybody about it. It'd have been nice to Aye. to have that option, you know what I mean? And because nobody you just, I'm all right, I'm all right, Aye. I'm all right. And you weren't all right, you were fucking, you just lost your dad, Aye. you know what I mean? And, um, and then, my dad died then two, two, three months later, my son was born. And I fucking didn't have a clue how to be a dad, I'm going to be honest, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know what it was doing. Um, and I didn't have a fucking father figure, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to, to keep me right. Um, especially later on, I needed somebody just to talk to me. Because my mm-hmm. mad was four years, you know, and I was the oldest, so she had three young ones to bring up, you know what I mean? She was only 33 and left with um, a young family to bring up, you know? And it, as I say, it was fucking, if it was hard for me, it was a lot uh, harder for her. Do you think you covered it up well then? Like the wee bit of, like, no depression, but you know what I mean? Just hiding for your, your feelings and emotions and a bit of pain. Did they ever see the signs and go, No, because, boy, because we're brilliant at it, aren't we? We're the best it. actors in the world. Um, you know, because I don't, I, if I face for a pub and I face for a house, you know, you've, you become, you become who people want mm-hmm. you to be, you know? Um, Andy was always a laughing joke, laugh, life and soul of the party, so, um, and that becomes trying and odd, and that becomes aye. tiring, you know, because sometimes Andy doesn't feel like fucking aye. being there, but it's expected, you know what I mean, so, um, aye, it was hard, but as I say, fucking best, alcoholics and addicts are the best actors in the world, aren't we? Uh, we've got a face for everybody. Aye, different faces for different places, and if people look at you and they perceive you, oh, there's Andy, boy's always happy, and we'll mm-hmm. get him out, man, he's doing well. So that mask automatically comes on, and you and start And then you've got that life as in. well, haven't you? You're a fucker player, you know what I mean? So, it's usually, why not? What's he got to be fucking depressed about? Because, uh, you know what I mean? What's he got to be down about? He's got the best job in the world. So nobody feels sorry if you give you no, sympathy. You don't get that, uh, do you? Because, how can he, you know what I mean? He's got the best job in the world, and, and, and whatever, you know? So, but, you're human, and uh, you've got fucking faults and feelings. Like all get fucking else, demons you know and problems, mate. Yeah, every um, single one and, is. And I, I thought when I was young, as you got a big house and plenty, of, a big motor and plenty of money. That's true. You've not got any problems. Mm-hmm. You just get different problems. Right. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. get more money, but you just get shanty more more problems. Uh-huh. You know. So, ah, <laughs> um, you can. I remember being, as I say, I remember being a young boy and thinking, oh, if I become a fat boy and get a big house and a big motor, and I remember having all them and the fucking unhappiest guy in the world mm-hmm. you know what i mean still battling with the demons aye. internally aren't yeah still mm-hmm. still um aye um and drinking drugs was was my coping mechanism mm-hmm. that, that helped me live with myself you know if i felt it's bad about myself i went and get drunk and fucking, it was escapism mm-hmm. you know so that was, aye. That was it's, it's to numb your pain it's to make you forget but as i say as you got older the more you do it the more fuck me it gets a hundred times worse well i because at the start listen it gives you a wee honeymoon period in it you think oh, this is brilliant i can use mm-hmm. that i can use cocaine it's fucking you know and that, that sobers me up and all that stuff and your life's all right and then it starts 
getting a wee grip of you, did it, you know? Yeah. You need that one, fucking, you, you, you get up in the morning, you're rattling, you want another drink, and, you, and you're away, you're arguing with your missus so you can get out of the house, and mm-hmm. you know, all, all, the, all the stuff that yeah. comes with it, you know? I mean, I, I used to start fights just so I could go out, you know what I mean? And, 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 and she would she would go to me, I know what you're trying to do, <laughs> she could wait it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's, hor- it's horrible when you look back now, but listen, that was the journey I had to take, you know? Mm-hmm. See if I was still doing that today then. Listen, if I was still doing that, I wouldn't be here. Ah, you would, 100%. Actually, and that's the, the majority of the people you probably grew up with, the majority I probably did. I've, listen, Do you know what I mean? Boys I grew up with that were hard drinking and using drugs. Aye, a few of them, listen, I still a few of them hanging on, but, um, but uh, that was, that was a kind of environment you grew up in. It was hard mm-hmm. drinking, hard living, as I say, but a lot of the boys I did now, and died at young ages, 30 olds, and, 40s and taking heart attacks and, and, and things like that, you know. Yeah. We, you're getting to this age now where people that haven't looked after ourselves, are, they start falling by the wayside, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there was obviously ones when we were younger, boys that get murdered and boys that put in doing long prison sentences and all that as well, you know what I mean. And I was lucky that I had football, mm-hmm. you know, because I could, I was easily, I was, yeah. I was, I was no different for any one of them, you know. Before you're not you're selling the drugs or you're, you're doing the violence just to get uh, by you can uh, you can ch- exchange for the football for your yeah. passion and love people love fucking harming people because no, it no. gives them that buzz yeah. gives them that sense of i'm in charge and yeah. they get the adrenaline pump yeah. do you know what i mean but like i say you've come through it all yeah Aye, do you know what listen I mean? as i say it was, it was hard at times you know the ups and downs and can, um but that's life you know i mean after a great life i, I look back after a lot of shape my life but after a lot of Great stuff as well. I've been in the world with football, you know, places I th- never thought I'd ever see, you know, b- b- Brazil and up, up, up by Christ the Redeemer and, and places like that. And just, you know, but now, as I say, it's, my life's been good. It's been ups and downs. And um, I, as I say, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it um, because it, it's made me who I'm already. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I hadn't been through all that pain, I wouldn't have done all the analysis of myself and, 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 and <laughs> dig deep dig deep and, and, and gone and uh, doing a lot of work myself gone and seeing psychologists and, and finding out what was wrong with me and AA and CA and all these things and, and I was lucky I, I get right good people I've, I've met some unbelievable people as well who showed me showed me how to love myself when I couldn't myself you know just showed me a wee bit of love and, and taught me uh, taught me how to be a man because nobody did ever, my dad, as I say, my dad died at 16, so nobody showed me. Aye. You know what I mean? You need, you need a bit of guidance, Aye. don't you? You need... Uh, old boy passed, you were told that day, don't be greeting. Aye, Aye that, was my, that, was, that was kind of family. <laughs> my grander, my old grander, uh, he's, he passed away fucking, but he was a great old guy, but he was old school. Mm-hmm. That was the way the world, you know what I mean? You don't show your feelings, your emotions, you, fucking, you know what I mean? If there's anything happening, you, the family deals with yeah, it, it was all that kind Aye. of stuff, you know what I mean? But that was... Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it was, that was the way they were, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not having a go, that was, no, the, no, that was the way it was in the days, you know, with, nowadays people are a lot more open and if they've got problems, they're, they're a lot more likely to open up because, because you think like this, because you, things you, uh-huh. you know, things like this and people are, mm-hmm. because everybody out there is fucking struggling, oh, I you know, know in, in, in some way, you know, it mm-hmm. might not be, you know, but everybody's got their own wee battles, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're the richest guy in the world or the poorest guy, mm-hmm. you've all got your, you've all got uh, your faults and your feelings and your within, way. But that's why the suicide rate is so high, and I speak yeah. about it nearly every week. Men, 75% of them keep yeah. doing it, it's because 
They don't speak to her about their no. feelings and emotions. No. We suppress everything until yeah. we get a certain age. We're fucked. And We're mentally know, fucked. And, and, and it takes years to unravel all that again and find out who you are. And do you know what I mean? I don't know how to talk as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I said, you know what it's like? You get into a pub. Imagine getting into pubs with drinking. Mm-hmm. You get into a pub and say, oh, I'm not feeling very good today. Fuck up. Get a drink in you. That was advice you'd get. Mm-hmm. You know, because people didn't want you talking mm-hmm. about stuff like mm-hmm. that, did they? Because mm-hmm. everybody was. We were all in the pub, kid, and we've got a fucking great life, right. but. Oh, dancing, listening to tunes, never greeting. And then, then the fucking phone goes, and uh-huh. I'm not here. You uh-huh. know, that was, that was the pub it was, honestly. Getting the letter boats uh, and the blind uh, shut. You know, so every, everybody, everybody had it, you know, even even the hardest guys in the place. That was what drove them, it was fear. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, if you say that to them, they'd say, I'm no fear for anybody, but it was a fear. You no, know, aye, I mean, that's it's a barrier to yeah. don't come near me, yeah. so I'll be the loudest, angriest guy aye. in the room, so yeah. I'm no time to come near but me. Fear drives them, you know, because I spoke to a guy who was bonkers, and, and that was what he says. He says, I didn't know. He says, I was scared of everything. He says, but I wasn't scared of nothing. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> but that's, aye, that's, that's the way it is, it's aye. Just, that's uh-huh. fucking mental. Mm-hmm. But, um, when was the turning point for you then, Andy? When did you eventually go, I need I need to seek help. I need fucking to go and speak to somebody because my head's fried. Um, well, filming a drug test at Reading. Um, I, I, I did nine years at the United. First few years flying, 2021, I was getting linked to it. Celtic by a million pounds for me. Um, it was odd teams in English Premiership and all that trying to get me. But as I say, the longer I stayed, the more my drinking was progressing, my drug taking was progressing. Um, and the big moves never 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 happened. Um, it's my fault, you know. Uh, well, teams get windy, yeah. Aye, aye, definitely, because that was Scottish football's a village. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows. Um, but around about twenty twenty one, that was when I was I was still partying, but I wasn't partying as much. You know what I mean? And I was younger, and I could I was going to Saturday. And then maybe getting a Sunday, and then you maybe about during the week one, once or twice, you know. But when you're young, you can get up in the morning, you can go train, you can train hard, you can do all that, you know. But my drinking get me up, and there was there was a part of me that was because I I didn't the United, I was one of the longest seven players, and I was the lowest paid, you know. So it was a bit of fuck this, you know, because taking the cunt out, yeah, but I. Because I'd signed one of these fucking mad eight year contracts I had in the days and, and they'd kind of stopped, but I was still on one. But they were bringing in boys and getting them. I was on about 200 quid a week and it was boys on two grand. And it's a Saturday night, Andy, we need you to do this. And I'm like, fucking, he's, he's the one who's on the big money. So you asking him to do it. So there was a wee bit of resentment uh, to the way I've been treated at the club, I think. Um, and I kind of I fucked it off, you know what I mean? I just thought, They've treated me like shit, you know what I mean? They've not back million pounds, and uh, and that that wasn't that I should have, I should have took. But uh, is that your loyalty for them? Well, they, they never showed they, they showed me loyalty, but listen, see if you're doing the same job as some other guy and he's getting ten times what you're getting, how you just you know oh, what I mean? It's, that's, so right. that was that was a, and it was oh, come on, Andy, we need you, we need you. Um, and by that point, I'm thinking, fuck off, you know what I mean? You're fucking. But we Paul Starrock came in and. And he spoke to me and he says, listen, he says, I've seen what you've got and it's a, it's a disgrace and I want to get, get you back. And I'm like, oh, listen, I want away. I just wanted away by that point and I sent me Redden. And I was, I went down to Redden to get away from you. I, I thought I was running away. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was trying to run away from me. You know what I mean? That was the first thing that okay, I took away me, you know. I, I remember going down and getting a flight down to Redden and 
Um, on the flight and talk to myself and write this a great opportunity to get down there and get yourself fat and fucking stay out of the booze and half the other stuff and and you'll rip this league up and then you'll get a move and, and that was that was my thinking. Um but my actions were totally different. I was down there about a week and fucking I was mm-hmm. way worse because I was in a hotel. They put me in a hotel, I was in a hotel myself. Um and it was just fucking it was bedlam. You, you know? claustrophobic now, Andy, did you get missed back came home sick? Aye. I mean, that was, she, she's a young kid as well, moving out to Dundee, that was, that was hard, 16 year old, and you move away, I'd just turned 16, and you were up there all week, it was, it was hard, you know, I mean, people should laugh, you were, you were missing Casmo, I was, you know, I was missing my family, I was missing my pals, just, you get here after training, you just, see if you're back, if you're down the road, you can go, go and see your pals, or this, you know what I mean, up there, you, were, you get back to your digs, and you just, it was a good bunch, he's out enough, it was a crack, there was loads that were on the same boat, so we all kind of looked, they called us a new breed up there, we were all fucking wild, you know what I mean, it was all boys with Lesgan, big Duncan Ferguson and all that, and we used to just, he's a big fucking nutcase, <laughs> we used to just do mad things, you know, we'd all get in the changing room, and the boot room, and we'd just fucking turn the lights off, and just bark each other, it was just, <laughs> make up that game, just to pass the time, you know what I mean, it was just, because we were bored and um, and then we'd have nights out. We'd have, one of the boys had a flat and we'd go down and it was all days just fucking it was a Sega Mega Drive, that's how long ago it was. And we'd go down there and we'd have tournaments and we'd get drunk and have a laugh and so it was brilliant. It was and it, the, the boys were all great, but we were on the same boat, you know what I mean? Um and then um as I say, I went to, I went to Redden when I was twenty five and um it was fucking as I say, it was bedlam. Bedlam, just drinking Redden. 20 minutes for London, so I had a couple of mates in London, so I'd nip in there, and, um, and as I say, I was, I was doing it about 10 months, failed a drug test, I remember being on the training ground, and the, the drug testers coming on, and um, saying to one of the boys, who's that, and he says, the drug testers, shut myself, you know, because I know what I'd been doing the night before, and I knew if I had to pee in that boat, I knew, I knew the consequences, and by that time, my old man was about 10 years dead, um, and I used to talk to him, just when I was in trouble. Never anything good. <laughs> so I always kept with this one, Dan, I'll do it again. Aye. You always make me deals, didn't mm-hmm. you? Um, and I, I, I said that before I went in there, and I, I believe they did help me. It wasn't the answer I was looking for. I was looking to pass that. But I believe it, see if I, see if I hadn't took that drug test at that time, I don't know, I, I'd be dead today, you know, because it was, I was half the scale, you know. I was, you ever contemplate suicide, I A couple of times. Um, I had a couple of, Attempts at it. Um, can I lie in mate once? Um, and I was just, I was fucking sick of being sick, you know, sick of being a pest to everybody. And I'd been arguing with my missus, I took her, she was walking through in Edinburgh, and I took her through, and we were arguing the way through. And I can remember coming back and I was in tears, I was just fucking I was tired, you know what I mean? And um, I seen a big attack, I said, I'm gonna end up, and I fucking. My my legs went twice, and my legs would my my arms wouldn't pull the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and we went by t- Telly Toby houses at Livingston. Um, it's like three big fucking mad holes, and see about two weeks before that, me and my two boys had been going along you, and I was kidding my mind that's where the Telly Toby's living on. They were young at the time, and and that's what brought me to it because I seen that and I thought, right, fucking pull in, and that was when I, I had to go, I had to go and and deal with my past, you know, I had, because I'd, I'd stopped drinking then and I stopped choosing, but my head was fucking still 
Pogo, you know, because I was drinking and using for a reason, you know, and I hadn't dealt with a reason, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't went and dealt with that. Um, I tried to, I went to about three or four doctors and they were prescribed me tablets and stuff, and I'm saying, I don't, I need somebody to talk to, I need mm-hmm. to say, I will put you in a waiting list. I'm saying, fucking, I'm ready to talk myself yeah. here, you know what I mean? Um, and it, because, I'd, because I had money, I was, I, I, I could go private. And I met this woman and she saved my life, you know, there's no doubt about it, you know. Um, there was stuff that I was never, ever, ever going to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And within five minutes of meeting her, I'd opened up. I'd fucking go to all it, you know. And it, it felt as if somebody just lifted something right off me. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed that when I left her that day, on end, seen my missus and I was fucking high as a kite. And spoke to guys and they're like, listen, just fucking make, come down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've got to have a few fucking brilliant mm-hmm. um, natural drug. Aye, um, and I, I had a good few sessions with her, and uh, and I that I put out of bed, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I had about for 20 30 years, I think I'd done something wrong, and I hadn't, mm-hmm. you know. I was like, a victim, and I should have done it. I was six or seven year old, you know what I mean? I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it was good that that, that kind of freed me up. Um, and then I wrote a book. I wrote a book. And then I wrote about that. And people, oh, you can't write about that. Well, fuck it. Mm-hmm. it was, I don't care what people think of me. You know, I've got people in a book that love me, you know what I mean? And see the ones that are going to judge me. I don't fucking don't care about them anyway, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, I, and I've done it for, i never done it for, I, I did date for me. I've done it for me, but i done it because I'd, I'd read somebody. I'd have a policy, I'd never read anything about anything like that. And I read it one, I read this lassie's story one day, and the lassie had committed suicide. And um, and I read it and I thought, that's me. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna end up the exact same as her if I don't do something. So that was that was by my thinking. I did in the book. Big Mark Reedy, who's my father, who'd been at me for a while. Um he's wrote a few books and he always says mine was the best one. He says it was because it's about everything in it. It's and I called it's called Tormented. It was about eleven, twelve years ago. Um and at that time, it was, for me, it was just freeing me, you know, I mean, I, I'd been in a for, for a while, and see, trying to do steps, I couldn't, I couldn't get by the fourth and first step, because I couldn't physically write it down, I couldn't physically write down what happened to me, so, I got somebody else to do it, and fucking, and put it out in the book, it's a wee bit extreme, but, that was, it worked for me. That, that was, a sense of release? Aye. There's the worst of me, you know what I mean? Fucking that way you think about that's you know, and as I say it was a brave thing to do, mate, to put your aye. life out there and what you've went through. Listen, I'd I'm not gonna lie and see I just done it and it was no bother. It was a spell I I basically blanked Big Mark for about two weeks because mm-hmm. I I wasn't sure what I was doing, you know. I wasn't sure if it was the right idea, but once it came out and knew I am I'm, I'm, I'm glad I done it, you know. But at the time I was having, because it was you, shit. What will people think of me? You know what I mean? See, so, you know, I, I, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. It was for me, um, and it was. It was. It was about worrying about what people was. But as I say, I've I'm past that stage now. I really, I've got people running about me that love me and care about me. And that's that's the main thing, isn't it? And that's all started after the drug test at Reading. Did you think you get single handedly picked? Mm, or was it random? Well, I don't know. I think it was a bit of, a bit of beef. No, I think it was a kind of um, it was a kind of random, but fucking test time as well. You know what I mean? Mm. 
but as I say that, it was the best thing that happened to me, uh, James, because I went, then went and get help. They, they, the English PFA were absolutely magnificent. Um, were you worried about the papers not knowing then or the news? Aye, well, because I didn't think it was going to be that big a story. Mm-hmm. But, but when it broke, it was fucking ridiculous. It was like, I mean, I was, I had to go to a hearing in Leeds. Um, just before, but before, before the, when I knew I'd failed the, failed the drug test, I went in and said to Red and listen, I'm homesick down here. I found out it took two weeks or something for, for the drug test to come back. Um, and I knew that the club would try to cut money, they try to get people off the wage bill. So I was due, I was due a sign on fee, I was due, I was due a lot of money, I was due hundreds of thousands of pounds, but I knew if I tried to haggle, I wouldn't get, so I got about 30, I think I got about between 30 and 40 grand, I think I got about 38 grand or something, I pay off before the results come back, and then I went up the road, and I had a fucking check for 38 grand, so it was party time, you know, and see by that point, I think I was trying to fucking drink myself to death, because mm-hmm. I was just drinking, um, and just using every day, um, and every night I'd go to bed if I went to bed and hope I didn't wake up, you know what I mean, I'd, yeah. as I said, I had a fucking beautiful wife, and two kids, and selfish, and, self-centered but mm-hmm. everything was about me you know what I mean I um, and then I went down to, as I said to go to this hearing and they said to me you've got five minutes to tell anybody before it, it, it leads to the press or my listen I'm in Leeds can you just wait to go up the road and tell my man all that face to face no no story's breaking so by the time I left the train station and walked to the uh, the hotel and walked to the train station it'd been on the fucking news and I've got my man on the phone greeting and um so I just went and got carried out for the train up the road. Um, and for the next week, it was like first night on the six o'clock news. It was like front page of every newspaper. Um, and for me, that was, it was a bit OTT, you know, but I was fucking, I was hiding in, I stayed in her mum's house and just hid in the room, just hid out the way for a week, you know. I remember my agent coming to see me um, and I went for some tea with him and, do you know that way you can tell you're fucked by the, by the way somebody else is looking at you? That <laughs> was, because he was, I could see in his face, he's like, fuck's sake, are you alright? And I'm like, you still think you're alright? I'm like, I'm sound. He's like, Andy, he was in tears looking at me. And I'm, that's when I knew I'm in a fucking bad way here, you know, because I didn't, I thought it was still alright. Um, and as I say, it was, but it wasn't me as well, it was like, my wee granny. Claire's, my, my wee sweet granny, she, she used to go to chapel every Sunday and all that, you know what I mean? My wee, reading about me in the papers, you know, my granddad, all this stuff, you know, your ma, my ma, my, my, my two boys, one of my oldest boys was at school, you know, why didn't you go to school and your dad's plastered out of the paper, you know what I mean? Oh. Drug, fucking junkie and alcoholic and all this stuff, you know? Um, so it was all the aim that suffered, no me, you know, because I just... Head out the way. Uh, I done what I fucking usually do, you know what I mean? Just when, when things come tart, I just hide out the way. Mm. Um, and then I went into the priory. And as I say, first, first week I never hated it, I know. You know, everybody was honest and fucking telling the truth and I'm up. <laughs> 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 but I go back I'm, in the room. I have fucking, I've lied and cheated for the past mm-hmm. fucking eight, nine years, you know what I mean? I was, I was what you had to do to, to live the life I was living. Um, and I was withdrawn out drinking and drugs and thought everybody was talking about him. probably were because I was in the fucking newspaper you know at the mm-hmm. time so but it was first week and it was hard and then after that 
I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I'm beginning to feel better and look towards the future and think, right, I, I can maybe do this, I can maybe, the first week, I'm like, I can't stop thinking. It's just, it was new, and they were telling me, oh, a day at a time, and I'm like, oh, aye, but I had a, a wedding in two months. One of my mates was getting married, and I'm like, I can't go to his wedding, and nobody drinking, nobody fucking taking gear, nobody, you know, it was just, to me, I couldn't see me doing that. Um, but I did do it. I go, I, I go to that wedding, and, um, and it was just building it up, just wee steps, wee steps, you know what I mean? Just, ah, yeah, that's what it was, you know what I mean? And as I say, I was, I was very, I wasn't, I was lucky, but, because the people getting around about me were fucking unbelievable. Mm -hmm. We were proper, we became right pals, you know, more than pals, you know, because they were, the, the things they'd done for me and just, just came and every night they'd come and pick me up and take me to meetings and tell me what I was suffering from. But they were brilliant because they'd come in and talk to my missus and tell her, um, take her out for something to eat and so take my boys out. Aye, because... I'd went for been out of the house all the time. He's still been out of the house all right. the time because it has a ripple effect. I know if you do that, like I say, it's your wains, it's your wife, and it's the family. And, she, and and they were brilliant because she, she she for about six months to nine months. I bought meetings all the time, and then my sponsors like, right, cut down the meetings. Time we started putting a bit back into the house. Um, so the one wasn't they like fucking go to meetings all the time. You know, it was they were telling me to go to meetings so that I could fucking live in the real world. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because I see people now. And I, in 30, 40 years sober, I've gone to eight meetings a day, eight meetings a week, and I didn't want that. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to live in the real world, mm -hmm. you know, That's without, problem, without, without drink, you know, without, um, and I thought that once I stopped drinking, I'd be all right. Um, and I was, but it was still, I still had to work myself, you know, mm -hmm. it was still very selfish. Um, and that's something still work it today. Yeah, we're working on myself today with yeah, Andy. Yeah. As long as you've been clean sober now. 16 years or something. Shake your horn for that. Yeah. Mate, that's fucking brilliant. But as I say, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, but this is a fine example that people can change, mate. And for anybody that watches, because I know a lot of people are in the struggle, mate. We've all had fucked up past, man. Yeah. We've all been through a lot of shit, whether it's abuse mentally, physically, yeah. drink abuse, drug abuse, violence in prison. People can change, yeah. mate. And while you went through all that, mate, the suicide thoughts, the abuse, the anger, the violence, you fucking change, mate. You got your shit together yeah. and you sign for Kilmarnock. Yeah. And then you end up getting a Scotland call up. Yeah. I signed with Kilmarnock and that was brilliant as well. Uh, there was about three, as I say, when I left the Priory, I didn't have a club. Hmm. Didn't have much money left. I mean, that 30, 40 grand, I think I done messed that in about six, seven Were you weeks. gambling or not? No, really, no. I was, well, I was aye. <laughs> um, as you do. <laughs> and by that point, it wasn't like going out and partying, you know. I mean, you, when you first start drinking, it's all going out, big fancy nightclubs. Champagne, shit, wasn't it? See, towards the end, it wasn't like that. It was like fucking sat in a room yourself and fucking a big bag of gear and, and your can because you didn't want to, you didn't want to be sharing that mm -hmm. because it was it was horrible. Um, and then as I say, I signed with Kamala. Um, there's about four or five teams. As I say, I came out of Pride and didn't think I was going to get a club. I thought I maybe we need to. Berwick Rangers had, had got in touch with me when I failed my drug test and said that they'd give me a they'd give me a chance and I thought I'll, I'll maybe need to go there a club like that um, and then when I came out of the Priory I was training and stuff I was going running and trying to get myself fat again and I went on a I went on a it used to be Friday sports scene or something I went on that and just said listen 
and I was looking a lot better. I was looking a lot healthier. I'd been training. I think I'd been in a wee holiday. Me and the missus in the rain doing it. The rain's doing it away. And she had a wee bit of colour about me. She's listening. Open to offers and if it, it just basically a plea to give me a chance. You know what I mean? Just listening. If I drink or, or whatever, then you can you can sack me right away. Yeah. So there was about three or four clubs got in touch and Dundee United and St Johnson and Hibs offered me training facilities. I big out the cliches of manager there, but just come on, it offered me a three month contract and it was getting paid right away. And I can't need money. And that was the bottom line. Um, but I like Bobby. Bobby was a guy for Easterhousen. You understood that? Aye, fucking called a spade a spade, you know, there was no, no fucking about. Um, and he says, listen, he says, I know you're a good player, he says, if you're no drinking, then with the other stuff, he says, but if you, you come in training any day and you're smelling a drink, I says, listen, it's, I says, oh, I want an opportunity. He says, if I did that, I says, fucking just rip my contract up. Um, and I went there and, and I loved it. And I mean, McCoy's, McCoy's, Durant, McCoy's, Durant, Durant, fucking slaughtered me the first day <laughs> but, but I wanted that you know I didn't want people I didn't want to walk because see before I'm no never usually nervous getting into a changing room or that I was never I was never the kind of person I was but at that day I was before I went in there I hadn't been in a changing room for like six months and he did all this shite in the papers about me and this and that and I'm thinking fucking this is going to be hard today and I thought, how do I, how do I take the sting out of it? Because I didn't want boys to be tiptoeing about me. No talking about drinking. Aye, aye. just fucking, you know. Um, and I was going to get a case of Budweiser and walk in and change them. <laughs> and then I thought, fuck me, I better, I better not do that. I don't think that'll be doing, I don't think that'll be doing too well. So I just, I just kind of, I went in and, I was in early, just kind of get changed. And I was just on the next man, a wee and he came in about five minutes later and just fucking killed me just absolutely slaughtered me but that's what he did as I say and that that kind of broke broke down the kind of barriers you know and I, I kind of used that because there'd be young people at the club and I'd kind of try and talk to them you know there was, there was one boy who boy was away from him and all that and I could see he was struggling and I used to just I'd take him up in my house and just He'd fucking go and play the computer with the wings and all that, you know. But he was a young boy and he was away from him and I could see it, you know. So I I used my experiences to try and help other people then, you know. I was um and I, I tried to speak to the young boys about obviously what I'd been through because it was out there, it was you know, I, that was a thing for me as well. I never had any any anonymity. You know, I'd um I mean you go to A and it's alcoholics and honest, but I'd never had that, you know, because my mind just fucking totally public and in a way that was a good thing, you know. Um I remember being at a we were at a meeting down in Ursula one day, me and a couple of the boys, and there's this old woman come up, this wee woman come up with me. I know who you are, son, I know who you are. And I'm like, oh fuck. And my old Chris came in, he's like, who the fuck is he then? She just went, you're the guy after Chris Sandvet. She thought it was a guy at Olympia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, Chris went to her, hi, hi, are you right? She's like, he's been going and no tell anybody because, because he loses contact with Chris. Uh, so there's some wee woman down in there, she thinks fucking Gary Olympia's an alcoholic. Um, I think he is anyway, you know, bastard. <laughs> um, but it, listen, I had loads of laughs, you know. To, I mean, my recovery's been about a lot of laughter as well you know you just listen you're doing a fucking great and, and, and stuff you know what I mean and, um, as I say early days and I had great people running about me people that, that really took me under their wing and, and that's important uh, early days in, in, in recovery and it you know you get the right people running mm -hmm. about you um, because 
basically they're the ones that's going to show you how to get sober, you know, because you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, so you get the right people around about you, it's fucking absolutely vital. Yeah, see, you know but I mean? like I say, when you're a low frequency, if you're taking drink and drugs, you're going to be surrounded with the same people. Yeah. But if you start stopping yourself and progressing and doing better things yeah. in life, better people yeah. come into your life. Yeah. See, when you started going through your change and started going, fuck me, I'm believing in myself again, did a lot of people reach out to you? A lot of football players and say, look, Andy boy, I'm fucking going down this route as well. There's been a few. There's been a few. I wouldn't have any name names or that, but there's been, boy, I've been and spoke to a few boys and, um, and that's something that I'd really love to do. I keep saying it, but nobody ever fucking asked me, but I'd love to get into every club in Scotland and see all the young boys and just tell them. Mm-hmm. Because I remember being at school and some guy came in and talked to me about drugs, and I knew more about drugs than him. Mm. And I was fourteen, you know, because you know what it's like, James. You grow up, in, you grow up in a scheme. Yeah. You're, you're streetwise, you know, fucking who's doing what at that age, you know. And this guy came in with a suit and a case and fucking told me about drugs. And I knew more. So I would like, and young people, they're not fucking daft, mm-hmm. you know. See if you tell them the truth, so, you know the the. the, the They'll know when you're bullshitting, don't they? You know, they, you, they've all got phones, mate. Just well, Google shit. That's you know what I mean? So, I would love to get in and speak to you. I'd love to get in every club in Scotland and, and, and tell the young people about the pitfalls because nobody, I don't listen. See if one person listens, it's worth it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, for anybody listening, man, and get the Andy boy involved, man. He's got the story to that, tell. Um, because, listen, I've been there. I've, I've, I've done everything that they've done, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've come through and I've played them with all, you know, so there's nothing. There's nothing I've, I've no done. Um, and as I say, one wee bit of just using that experience, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's gone to waste. Just, um, I would love to, I would love to do that. Um, Especially in the streets of Glasgow, because it's a rough city, man, it's tough. Yeah. There's nobody to look up to role models as well. Like, you, you look up to people, they don't really, they're not really... For the right reasons. Aye, for the right reasons. You know what I mean? If you post or a cast, you're looking up to people with the nice buzz, yeah. the big cars, but fucking for their 30 or 40 or dead anyway, yeah. or they're in the jail. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, and we always had role models. I mean, she growing up in Castmo, that was one thing. You always had... Cause she, even, she needed it. There always seemed to be a couple of football players. You know, so there was... Bernie Slavin used to come and take my... Bernie Slavin played with Alban Rovers at the time, and he used to come and take my school team. But I remember looking up to him. Bernie ended up going and playing with Middlesbrough Republic Angler, he had a great career, but at that time he was playing with Albion Rovers, and I remember thinking, wow, he's playing with Albion Rovers. If he can do that, I can do it. And another boy, Drew McBride, who, who went to Man United as a kid, and, but they were a wee bit older than me, so I could look at them and think, well, if he can do it, whereas nowadays there doesn't, there's no as many, you know what I mean? There's no, football was always working class, I think it's, it's kind of getting away from that now because it's, because mm-hmm. it cost a much, it cost, no, no. cost it, you know, it's, it's very expensive. When did you get your first Scotland call up? What age? I was 20, 27. And this was after everything? This was after everything. It was like, was that moment? It was like, nearly a year to the day for I went into the Priory. You know, there's no many people getting to a fucking psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come out and a year later they're playing for a country, you know. So that was, that was amazing. Um, I was in... I was in my Houston school bride at the time, and, and Jeremy, man, a, a guy, had been, he was a guy that told me a year before that that I'd play for Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of laughed. I didn't have a club at that time. He says, I, I believe you'll play for Scotland. Oh, fucking Jeremy, I says, I've never even got a club. <laughs> um, no, but he'd made faith in me, and I did Aye. myself. Um, and he was sitting. It was amazing. Him. He used to come and take my boy to football and all that. My mad Celtic fan, he'd come and take my boy to Dylan to, to, to the games and stuff. And he's listening, he's a, a really good pal. Um, he became part of the family, you know what I mean? And he was sitting there, and Craig Brown phoned me. 
Keeping had kept me fucking all the way up, you know. Oh. Um, and he phoned me. He was a manager, um, and I'd been done a four. People, there's people that phone you up and kid on the reporters and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the players there, that kid on the reporters and fucking aye, uh, and get me aye, interviews. Aye, after. Aye, aye. So I thought it was something to wind up. Hi, <laughs> Andy, it's Craig Brown. I'm like, fuck off. And, hung up. <laughs> and then he's phoned back. I'm like, oh, sorry, Craig. He's like, no, Andy, it's just to call you up. Mm-hmm. From, uh, we were playing Poland in Poland. Um, and it was it was a time of the foot and mouth outbreak. I don't know if you remember, but everywhere you went, you had to fucking step in a bucket of bleach. And when we landed in Poland, and that was, that was I think it sticks in my head. And then as I say, the, the national anthem. I mean, I know people are a bit, but because I was storing and, and I'm thinking back to where I came for the uh, year before, you mm-hmm. know, and there was Christian Daly who I'd known for I was a kid. We grew up through the day and night together, you know, and it was just, it was brilliant. I, I, I'm going to admit, I was emotional seeing the national anthem when that was on. I was, I was thinking, fuck me, how did I manage to get here, you know what I mean? So, um, as I say, only, only got one cap. I believe I, I should have got a lot more. Um, but listen, a lot better players than me never get any, you know. I think it's brilliant, mate, for what you've done, what you've came through yeah. it, and to change all that, mate, and fight. You yeah. fought it, mate, and yeah. you fucking beat it. Like I say, we're always going to be working on ourselves to the yeah. day we die, Andy. What are you doing with yourself now? What you, you, you Well, did? listen, after I wrote the book, uh, I started a charity for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I finished that about, finished with that about six months ago. Just things changed. and uh, But I loved that. Um, used to be out every Friday night. Boy for Postal, Springburn, mm-hmm. uh, our Glasgow, and we'd run leagues and stuff. But uh, as I say, I'm away for that now. So um, I'm in the process of just, just getting out myself. Just uh, I'd like to get into, as I say, I've been in a few schools and stuff, doing talks and wee things like that. The mental health stuff is, is massive. I'm yeah. doing a wee bit of work with, with Big Chris Boys charity mm-hmm. as well. Um, Big Chris had, mm-hmm. had experienced it, he's, he's his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother committed suicide so it's something that's close to him so um, and, and obviously with many experiences because there's a lot of messages people just send out messages willy nilly it's or oh, just talk you know and mm-hmm. as if if you've got mental health problems if you just talk that's you you're going to be alright you know mm-hmm. and that kind of makes people listen it's a, that's a part of it but mm-hmm. it's, it's just there's, there's other parts of it as well you know because somebody and it's about talking to the right people as well at the right time and and people being good listeners as well, mm-hmm. you know, because people love to talk. People like people like talking. Um and if you're if you're no mm-hmm. if you're not a good listener, you know, because no no many are good listeners either. So it's about talking to the right person at the right time. But I mean, as I say, because I'm I'm speaking for experience, I went and spoke to about three or four doctors and I'll put you in a waiting list and you put you in that, you know. So it's it's vital to to keep getting that out there. I, it's, it's brilliant to talk, but you need good listeners as well, you know, and, and no people are going to judge you. Yeah, yeah. Suicide doesn't wait, do you know no, what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's how I want you to meet Anne Rowan. She's yeah, got the suicide. Um, she's wanting to meet you, and I said I was going to take you out. Um, yeah. She's got the suicide 24 hour centre yeah. in uh, Wishaw. Yeah. So people can call 24 hours a day, and they've got like Reiki rooms and no, all no, positive it's, stuff, it's, Haven. It's so, so, uh-huh. I mean, the world's such so fast paced now as well, you know what I mean? You don't get a minute, you know what I mean? Let's go social media and that as well. Fox, we are nine. See, for, for me, social media is a big fucking party, isn't it? You know, because everybody's living this perfect life, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's, it's all this bollocks, it's you know. It's mirrors, isn't it? Fucking, for anybody in the struggle, and or anybody that thinks there's no way out, man, what advice would you give them then? Hang in. Mm-hmm. Hang in and, and, and get the right people around about you, you know. See if you're in a book meetings or whatever, or you're, you're no, just... See if you see somebody you like what they're doing. 
fucking good. You know, my ass going gonna give you a horn. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it's about. I'll help each other. You know, it's it's just you can't date yourself. Bottom bottom line is mm-hmm. people think they can oh I'll just stop drinking myself, I'll do this, I'll get everybody needs a horn. Everybody mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are in life, it doesn't matter if you're the richest guy everybody's everybody at some time in their life has had somebody who's given them a wee horn somewhere. Yeah. You know, you don't get anywhere in life without you know everybody everybody needs a horn, you know, and it's and there's nothing wrong with asking, mm-hmm. you know, just get swallow the pride or whatever, you know, and go and I go and ask for help, you know, and um and just try. That's yeah. how you that's how you rest today. Try your best, you know what I mean? And I, listen, a lot of days my best isn't be very good, mm-hmm. you know, but you just keep trying and keep trying and, and keep trying to do the right thing. Um and think they get better. I mean, I'm loving proof of that, you know. I, see if you'd have told me 18 years ago or whatever when I stopped drinking that this would be my life I probably I was an excitement seeker I thought I was in, but I love my life today mm-hmm. you know what I mean I've got a good wife as I say I've got my two boys I do simple things you know mm-hmm. I, I get pleasure at simple things you know yeah. going on a wee holiday going on a walk you know just the, the, uh, that's the nature of things that's I, the, the natural but thing but it's, it's changing your thinking mm-hmm. as well you know because I've done a shout my head you know mm-hmm. um what, what it took to be a man and all that because you because you grown up in the west of Scotland, you know, you're yeah. brought up with um we're kind of wired rang, aye, let's aye. be honest. To be the bad boy and, and, and aye, to get a wee bit of respect, it's, it's but trying, aye. It's trying to rewire your brain, which you can't do. Aye, I because your your brain's hardwired in it, uh-huh. you know, it's it's trying to change things that that are basically hardwired into you, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been taught that for you've been yeah, young, right. so it's it's hard, but it's Listen, it's doable. Anything's achievable. Well, if I, if I can fucking do it, anybody aye. can do it. And anybody can mean. change their life and change their mindset, but it takes time and it takes effort aye. and it takes a bit of guts to say, fuck yeah. it, I'm changing, but you can and change. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight either. Mm-hmm. You know, people think, oh, you know, mm-hmm. they want things, it's, it's kind of social media stuff. Mm-hmm. You're talking, everybody wants immediate then, yeah, you know, aye, aye, aye. and you don't get nothing good. Mm-hmm. That easy, no, you overnight. know. You've got to. It's a long story. You've got to it's easy to make it, mate, but it's hard to maintain. Aye, do you right. know what I mean. And you have your options. Doing. I mean, I remember when I fucking first stopped drinking, man. I thought it, I didn't think my, my wings had moan or my, my wife would moan at me. Or the wings had great. Or the postman had put balls through your door. Aye. That's life, Aye. you know. You still people say, oh, I'm trying my best, you know. I'm still. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's, life still happens aye, you aye, know aye. you still get ups and downs and still it's, 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 it's how you are you're still fucking people dying in your families and, and and things like that you still get all that mm-hmm. you know but if you do the right thing and so to handle it better and look at that look at aye. different situations a wee bit better and a wee aye. bit clearer and realize that bad shit's going to happen to you yeah. on a daily basis you get people, oh, i've always got shite my life always, you know what i mean but let's not get shite my life aye. you know it's do what is better just, just just accept it and and as i said See now, I mean, my wife Auntie died a couple of months ago, and I was just, I was a, I was a man that came to. Can you, you organise that? Can you, you know, do any ego? I was the last person in the world, you know. I mean, I'm the kind of reliable one, now, you know. See, twenty years ago, she first says I was going to meet you at five o'clock. There's a fucking 50-50 chance where I was going yeah. to be there at five o'clock. See now, see if I'm, if I have to be somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm reliable. I'm, you know, I, I, I know. Whereas before. My life was fucking. It's a good place to be because you don't need to lie about no. anymore. And you're not trying to remember the lie you told. Aye, you know, because aye. my life was all fucking. Everything was that. Mm-hmm. And half the time you used to lie about things you didn't even know. It was just part of the game, wasn't it? You know, aye. it's 
Um, but it's amazing, mate, for what you've came through. And like you say, mate, you've had you might maybe not see it, I don't know where you're looking at, but you still had a great career through Scotland, yep. through Dundee United, uh-huh. even Reading probably an experience, but to go through that and change your life, like I say, if you maybe never done it, you could be dead now, you just don't know. No, so no. To, you're living proof that people can change, mate. You can make the sacrifices yeah. and you can better your life, mate. I thoroughly enjoyed your story, and, and I appreciate you coming on. No, I know you're not speaking about stuff, but no. I appreciate it, mate. Thank I you, people, A lot of people get stuff for that, thank mate, so thank you. Cheers, guys. Podcast Network.